Hey, we, um, if, you're, if you follow us on Facebook or on social media, uh, if you're watching online, uh, you see that we're making a little bit of a, a turn this morning as we've been working through the book of Romans in, a, in our studies on Sunday morning. Um, got to put it on my heart to just hit pause on that for just a couple weeks um, and, and go a different direction. Uh, we've done a couple of these miracles of Jesus. I said we were going to do this when we started Romans. Romans is not a short book. And it's full of uh, a lot of great content and truth. Um, and sometimes it can get a little complex. And uh, so this morning I just felt like, let's just go to a good old miracle of Jesus and have church with it. Is that all right if we do that? Um, and so before we get into it, I, I do want to announce next Sunday morning we will not be having in-person services. Uh, I'm going to be out of town Part of our media team is going to be out of town, um, so we'll be having a virtual-only service next Sunday morning, and then we'll be back the following uh, Sunday. Um, and so just be, be cognizant of that. Be ready if you're online. You won't know any different. Um, and, uh, and so just be reminded of that. Help us spread that word if you don't mind. So this morning, we are um, in, a, in a message that uh, I'm... I've titled The Power of Faith. I want to read these scriptures. We're in Mark chapter 4, uh, verses 35 through 41. I'm going to find it while you find it. And you all are scrolling down your phone probably. Mark chapter 4, um, verses 35 through 41 uh, is where we're going to read from. This is a, a story that's captured by both uh, Matthew and... Mark and Luke uh, in their Gospels. We're going we're gonna to read this morning from uh, the, the book of Mark. So let's read it, and then we'll talk about it. Mark chapter 4, verse 35. Uh, that day when evening came, he said to his disciples, this is Jesus, Jesus said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. A furious squall came up, and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples then, why are you so afraid? Can you just, as I get ready to read the rest of this, can you just take that question from Jesus directly to you right now in that moment? Can, can you just take that just for a minute? He, he, on his behalf, I'm asking you, why are you so afraid? And then he followed up with another question that says, do you still have no faith? Inferring that there had been some experiences for these disciples that should have shown them some truth about who God was. That should have given them some encouragement in their faith in him. Some confidence in his ability to deliver and take care of them that they had forgotten about. Maybe that doesn't sound like you. It sounds a little bit like me pretty often that I forget about what God has done. They were terrified in this last verse and asked each other, who is this? Don't you want to ask that about God? Don't you want to feel it so real that you just, you're overwhelmed? You say, who is this? What is this? 
This is not what I thought it was growing up. It is not just Sunday school and going to church. It is not just giving. It is not just volunteering and serving. Who is this that I am in a relationship with, that I've met, that has come into my presence? Who is this that even the wind and the waves obey him? Pretty powerful six or seven verses, don't you think? Pretty straightforward, pretty simple. Um, we're going we're gonna to look at these in really two different ways. The title of the sermon is The Power of Faith. Because what did he ask them? What did he ask them right here? Do you still have no faith? And so we're going to look at this story and we're, we're going to look at it uh, and, and maybe, you know, the traditional sense when, you, when we read this, this little story about this miracle that Jesus performed, I mean, we're going to look at it from this way for just a minute, right? That says, oh my gosh, I'm in the boat with Jesus. He can calm all my storms. Right, we can we can come, we we can trust him to calm our storms, um, and so we're going to look at it from the traditional way for just a minute, and then I've got another thing on my heart that I really want to spend uh, some time on. The first thing that I want us to see is more than um, than the power of faith, more than what Jesus' power he had to calm uh, the storm, was the power he had to be calm. In the storm. Okay, I want you to just kind of write that down and think about it for a minute. As this starts, Jesus is, uh, he, he's been teaching, he's been performing miracles, everybody's following him. He's, he's got the, uh, the, the paparazzi are after him, right? He is burning energy all day and he says, I, I, he, says he tells his disciples, let's get in the boat and let's go to the other side. And that's where he starts his conversation, and that's where this passage starts. That day he came, he said to his disciples, let's go over to the other side. And so we see Jesus in this story going out onto the Sea of Galilee. The Sea of Galilee is actually a lake. Um, it's, uh, it's about 17 miles by 5 miles. Um, it, is, it is below sea level, so it's down in these mountains, kind of in a, in a, in a big valley, if you will. And uh, it is known for terrible storms. And you've got to know who's getting on this boat with Jesus, these disciples, who knows what they did for a living? They were fishermen. This is, they, this is not a new place to them. Storms are not new to them on this sea. And so they're getting the boat with him. And, and Jesus just, uh, because he's Jesus, he's God, he's sovereign, he knows what's coming, right? He's gotten to the boat. He's called them there. He's leading them to the other side. Uh, he does what only Jesus can do in a moment like that. He goes and takes a nap. I mean, just a nap. And I was thinking about sleep. You know, you only really go to sleep when you feel really safe and secure. Like, there's just something, you know, if you're in a dangerous place, you're not going to think, I think I'll take a nap. Like, you only, this is something you only do when you know that you're protected at some level. And I was thinking as we look at this story, and we often look at it from the perspective, I'm going to have to move this, from the disciples. And we look at what they did and how they responded when a storm came and what we should do. But, you know, the disciples really didn't do anything right in this story, <laughs> just to be completely honest. Yeah, they did go wake Jesus up. But why did they wake him up? To complain to him. Even when they woke him up, they didn't say, Jesus, it, the storm is here, can you stop it? They didn't say that. 
They came to complain to him and say, why are you sleeping? God, why are you absent from this storm in my life? And you see, Jesus, in the midst of all this, all the chaos that's going on around him, I mean, probably thunder, lightning, sometimes 20-foot waves have been recorded in storms in the Sea of Galilee. I mean, they weren't in this. They weren't in the Titanic. They were in a fishing boat. That normally you, you rode it. It also probably had sails that had probably been taken down when, the, when it started storming. And you know, in life, you will be surrounded by chaos, by distractions, by, think, by the, the most recent uh, news flash update notification you get on your phone, the most recent text you get on your phone, the, the, the social media wall, the, the lies that your friends told about you, the gossip that's going around, the people that have hurt you, the things that are distracting you from God, it'll be swirling all around you. And it'll make you look at it. And it'll make you forget that Jesus is in the boat with you. And so the what I really want to look at this morning is the one who did the right things in this situation. The, the one that when we get saved, it says that we should grow increasingly, increasingly more like. And that is Jesus himself. I want us to think uh, just for a little bit about how he responded in this situation. Because when we, when we lose our faith grounding, here's what we start to feel. Chaos. Panic. Fear. You know what else we start to we start to blame. Can't do three fingers without my pinky. I should be able to do that. That's four things. We start feeling blame. We start blaming other people. We blame God. We blame our our, our spouse. We blame our family. We blame blame our our parents. We blame life. Or was something that happened when we were a kid? Like we blame everything when we start to lose our faith grounding. What I want you to see uh, some things in this uh, situation um, is that <clears throat> the power of, we get a drink of water. I want you to see the power, not just of faith, <clears throat> but of faith lived out. Okay, this is what I want to get to. I want you to see the, the power of faith, that if these disciples had been where they were supposed to be like Jesus was, the power of their faith to just trust God and be calm in the storm. Okay, but I want you to see what it could have done had they lived their faith out. Had, just imagine for a minute if one of them would have just been like, hey guys, I know you're panicked and you're scared, but Jesus is in the boat with us. I want you to see for a moment that, that when you go, when you start to live this, this life, when you start to live out your faith in Christ, when you start to live, live big, the people who are around you who don't believe in Christ or, or who are less in their faith, they will begin to question and wonder why you're responding and doing things the way you are. Okay? And there will be times that your peace is interrupted just like Jesus' was. And the people are going to run to you, and they're going to bring their problems, and they're going to bring their troubles, and they're going to be looking for you to live your faith out and make a difference in them. 
God, they need to see you living out your faith. And so uh, as we see this, there's something you can know, and this is obvious. Everybody sees it. If you've ever read it, it's, it's just from the beginning, you're in this storm, this trial. Jesus led them there, okay? He's, he's sovereign in this. When he told them to get in the boat, he knew it was coming. When he started out across the sea and he went and took a nap, he knew the storm was coming. Uh, he knew the test of their faith, the trial. He knew it was coming. But he also had the sense that maybe we could be reminded as a Christian. You know, when Jesus was ascended, he said, I'm going to send another, a helper, to live with you in you. And you see, Jesus was being led. You see, you and I can be sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit. We can know if we listen when enough is enough. We can know when it's time to move on, when it's time to get in the boat and go to the other side. And we can be sensitive to his leadership. And when you trust and when you're following the leadership of the Holy Spirit and you know he's guiding you, he's directing you, you're living out your faith, here's what, here's what can happen is, is, is you can realize it's time when the storm comes not to run in fear and hide, but to lean into the wind. Okay, like this is what this is what I think we need uh, today in the church, not New Beginnings in Capital C Church, because here's what can what can happen: people of faith can become apathetic. You can be you can be saved and living a Christian life and doing just the bare minimum, just to be honest. But I believe God calls us to lean into the wind when storms come. I believe he, 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 really, he, he says when the storm comes, we can accept it. We can say it's here. The trouble, the trial is here. We can know that God is in control of it. We can trust God in it. And we can know without a doubt that there's the other side coming, right? That we got in this boat with Jesus. He brought us here. He's going to take us to the other side. And I don't care where the other side is, but it's where he's taking me. And that's where I want to go. You see, because Jesus has the power not to just ease raging seas, but he has the power to ease troubled hearts. The waves became calm when Jesus spoke words. The disciples became calm when they believed. When they believed that he was who he was. That he was more powerful than they even thought. That he was more than just a great rabbi or a great teacher. And the other miracles, maybe they thought, well, those he could you know, he could just be tricking us in those other miracles. This one, there was no question in their mind. The waves and the sea, and the wind, and the thunder, and the lightning, all these natural things. And this must have been a doozy of a storm for them to think they were going to drown and to just throw in the towel. They've been in a lot of storms, okay? To just wake Jesus up and say, we're going to drown. And then Jesus, I don't imagine him getting up and yelling. You imagine him getting up like, be quiet, storm! I think he probably woke up and was just like, quiet. Just a whisper, maybe. 
just enough that the disciples could hear him. Peace, be still, quiet. And the waves, the sea became as smooth as glass. The wind stopped roaring across them. And they went from something that's important for all of us. They went from afraid to what's that word? They went from afraid to terrified. Wait. Wait, that, you're supposed to be calm when you... But this was a different terrified. They weren't terrified for their life. They were in awe. They were in awestruck fear of who this man was that was standing there with them. And they got to a point in their life where they knew. This morning, I want you to see uh, the power of faith in your life. Uh, I want you to see that as a Christian... As a person of faith, you're going to respond differently to situations that you get put into. And that people are going to be watching you. And, and, and that, that there's a power of living out your faith that can change your friends, your neighbors. I believe it's how you change a community. It's to take people of faith. Imagine, uh, you know, if... If, if the entire church, if every Christian was living out their faith to their fullest potential, if they'd given it all into Christ and, and they'd realize that, that they just want to they, they wanna live it out and that they're, they're, the, the people are seeing how their life is different, how they're taking, taking terrible tragedies and they're finding joy in it, that, that, that they're seeing the, the, the addicted and the, the bad things that are going in our community, and they're not, they're not yelling and arresting them. They're taking them to recovery centers, and they're taking care of them. That they're doing things that don't make sense to the world. It says, leaving the crowd behind, they took him just as he was in the boat. There were other boats with him, and a furious squall came up, and the waves broke over the boat, so it was nearly swamped. Jesus from the stern, just taking him a little nap on the cushion. They woke him, and they said, teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up, rebuked the wind, quiet, be still. The wind died down, and it was completely calm. He asked his disciples the question I asked you this morning. Why are you so afraid? There's only one reason fear creeps in. It's because we let our faith begin to slide. And there's ways of doing that. There's, there's disconnecting from other believers. There's not being a part of a church community. There's, there's, uh, there's not, we've not been reading our Bible enough. We've, we've slacked on our prayer life. There's lots of things that lets this faith start to come down. You'll feel fear start to overwhelm you. And he's saying faith over fear is what he's calling us to. I'm going to ask you this morning, uh, you know, you know uh, for the last year and a half, I just want to share with you some things 
uh, that God has in my heart about this idea that the, the power of faith uh, lived out. Because what I'm going to ask you is when you read this story, I don't want us to be selfish in it looking at Jesus as a superhero to come solve all our problems. Because that's not the point of the story. The point of the story is to know that, yes, he can calm any storm. He is super powerful. But the point of the story is that we can be calm, that no matter how bad things are around us, we can still be calm and should trust him and have faith in him. And when we do that, we live differently. And when we live differently, the world sees it. This is uh, the essence of what we have started as a church over the last two years. We launched it in 2000. Uh, 19 called Faith Life Ministries. You've heard me talk about this on and off. Uh, it's, it's a ministry that's uh, connected to our church as a partner of our church. It helps me ask this question. It helps me understand. God, you've put this burning desire in my heart to help Christians be inspired and equip them to live out their faith. And I began to ask this question about, you know, for me that struggled. Uh, that I've worked, I've pastored, I've been in a lot of different places. I'm an entrepreneur. I mean, all these spaces. I'm saying, God, uh, should I be in full-time ministry? And I read this devotion the other day that, that shared with me that, that uh, it made me rethink and it made me realize that if Ephesians 2.10 is true, that God has prepared good works for every believer. That he, Ephesians 2.10 says you are God's masterpiece, that you've been crafted by God, that you are in Christ Jesus and you were created and he's prepared good things for you to do. If that is true, then every believer is in full-time ministry. Okay, no matter what you're doing, if you're running a, a shirt store or if you're teaching or if you're coaching or if you're a nurse, the faith lived out in those places is how we reach the world. It's not in this building. It is when God's people put fear to the side and become willing to step out in faith and live in a way that lines up with what they believe. In my heart, in Faith Life Ministries, I'm imagining our church. I'm imagining local churches in Pike, but I'm imagining local churches across eastern Kentucky. You know, we live in a place that needs help. <laughs> do, do you all, I mean, everybody realizes that, right? In a place that needs help, that we've looked to every other solution to solve. That I truly feel in my heart that God is calling people in a revival in a way that we don't understand. It ain't going to be a camp meeting. Nothing against camp meetings and tents. But God is calling his people to do good things in this region. And that somehow we've got to lead them in a way to be inspired and say, you know what? Yes, maybe the best thing I can do is coach my kids' little league team. I just got to pour back into the people that are around me. And we've got to care for our neighbor. And we've got to take care of one another. We've got to stop judging each other. We've got to stop being divided by churches, by counties, by places. Because there, there's a united group of people here. And those are the believers in Jesus Christ. 
And guess what? They're already all connected because the Holy Spirit lives inside of all of them. And so this is kind of just my heart. You know, we started with Faith Life Market, and you think, well, what is, you know, how, how, is, how is that living out uh, our faith? Or, you know, how's that a ministry? And it changed a little bit from what we had before in the closet at the thrift store. And, um, and we've found a ministry here. Where that we are now not in a church building, but maybe we can get, inspire the believers in this town. Maybe we can inspire this town by living out our faith. Maybe, maybe we can reinvigorate a community by living out their faith, by sharing the gospel. You know, we've seen amazing things happening here. We've seen... People who have stepped up and got a ministry, and she's writing cards that go in every uh, every gift bag that someone buys. You know, when they buy something, it goes in the bag. We've seen verses on coffee cups. We've seen work studies from UPike that are been able to plug in and serve in ministry. Uh, we, we're seeing two different college Bible studies now meeting there, and we're seeing people post things like this on uh, on Facebook. They get their notes and they tag the marking in it and remember because you all because we've lived our faith and we went and did something that didn't make any sense in September of 2020 let's open a coffee shop makes no sense whatsoever but we didn't open the coffee shop to make money (laughs) We opened the coffee shop to make a difference. To make a difference for Christ. To draw people to Him. Because it can be a multiplier effect. Here's what you can do. If you get other Christians inspired to be doing big things, then they're going to start churches. They're going to start teaching. They're going to start witnessing. They're gonna, they're gonna, I mean, it's, it spreads like wildfire if you get people believing. If they walk out and you think, God... Uh, they put that place in. I needed this verse today. They said God understands the cries of our heart even when they're too deep for words. That was one that somebody shared and tagged us in. Emily Kingry, who's been a volunteer at the market, when I shared what I was preaching on this morning, this is the one that was in her bag yesterday. Focus on me, not the storm. And you see, if we can be a multiplier, if I can ask you this question, whose storm can you calm? Who is the friend, who is the neighbor that needs you to not be living in fear, but living in faith? To see you living like Jesus that can be inspired, that needs to hear you say, listen, you see, in all these things, we're more than conquerors. I know you're in a storm right now. I know it feels like you're going to drown. You see, Romans, where we're getting ready to go in just a couple weeks, 
Paul asks the question, who can come against us? Who can come against a Christian? Who can judge us? Who can condemn us? All these hypothetical questions that can't be answered because the answer is nobody. He says he's convinced that, that no matter what, no matter what comes against the storm's present, future, uh, trials, that none of these things can come against us and that somebody needs you to speak life into them. Somebody needs us to step out of our own storms just for a minute. This is where we like to go. And to think about your neighbor's storm. And to say, God, I'm afraid. They're afraid. Show me the words. Show me the truth. Let me live and, and acknowledge in this fact that you led me here. That you called me here. That you're not surprised. That you're in control. That you work all things to my good. And we realize that, that as we mature in our faith, We've got to pour that back into our friends, to our neighbors, to the others who need to see us living out our faith. See, that's the power of faith, is that it spreads. Power of faith is not just to change your life, but to change your family, to change your family's life, change your family tree, to, to change your, your neighborhood, to change your community. This morning, I pray we all have more of it, <laughs> all right? Even me. God, give me more faith to trust you. Give me more faith to accept the challenges that come my way. Give me more faith to know I want to be like Jesus. I just want to be napping. I want people to say, do you realize your whole life is falling apart? And I want them to have to wake me up from a nap in it. I want the power to be calm in the storm, and I want the power to calm other people's storms and point them to Jesus. God, we ask you this day, as you show us in this story, God, the power of faith to keep us focused on you, to turn away from the storm. God, as we see the, uh, the, the truth as you, you guide us and you lead us, and, and, and you bring us into a place. God, you've got another side you've got us to get us to. Things you have for us to do and places for us to be. God, we know that today there are troubled hearts in this room. God, we know you have the power to calm them. God, we know from Romans chapter 8, we've been reading there is absolutely, if we take everything you said there to heart and believe it and that it is true, that there is absolutely no excuse, no reason to be afraid of tomorrow. Like no fear when we're surrendered to you. God, bring us to that place today. 
Give us a greater measure of faith. God, we know that faith, just the size of a mustard seed, can move a mountain. God, we just pray you just fuel in us uh, things to live out our faith bigger and more than we ever have. God, that it would draw people to you, that it would revitalize, that, that, that God, it would revive Christians' hearts who have become apathetic and are just comfortable with catching a live stream when they can. Because, God, you called us to more than that. You called us to, for you to be with us on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and to go with us throughout the week. God, you called us to know that if you're in the boat with us, we don't have to worry about reaching the other side. No matter what comes, we know our destination. God, we put our faith and trust in you this morning. We thank you for the miracles you performed. God, we thank you that you've called us, the people in this room, the people listening, every Christian, to be the miracle that somebody else is praying for. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.